The 2019 season began with the Milwaukee Brewers flexing their defending division champ muscles against the St. Louis Cardinals at Miller Park twice. But then when the series shifted to Bush Stadium, the challengers held serve. Now, the Cardinals are hanging on to a slim lead in the Central, while the Brewers have survived blow after blow after blow to stay right in the mix as the season winds down. Who will take this all-important final round? Well, one thing we know for sure is that the crew will have to do it without Christian Yelich. What's up, everybody? I'm Tara Wellman. Welcome back for another series preview. I know, I know it has been a while, but life happens. What also happens, though, is baseball down the stretch and three teams atop the NL Central, the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers coming down to the wire just like we all thought it would. And this weekend has become a huge series with implications for both teams, for the Cardinals hosting the Brewers. To talk about all of that and more, please welcome back to the show from Brew Crew Ball, my friend Kyle Lischneski. So Kyle, when we talked a few days ago about revisiting a series preview, we haven't talked in a while, we, neither of us were really sure how we would be feeling about either of these two teams coming into this series in St. Louis this weekend. So thanks for being back with me, but let's start there. How do you feel about the Brewers right now? <laughs> well, I guess it's it's a little bit of a, a mixed emotional sort of roller coaster for, for us fans up here in Milwaukee right now. Uh, the team is riding a seven-game winning streak currently, and they've kind of pulled themselves out of the abyss and, and are now back firmly in the, the wild-card picture for the playoffs, um, which is fine and dandy and all that all that great stuff. But at the same time, we also just lost Christian Yelich, who was uh, having probably the best season in franchise history. Um, so that is a, a little bit of the blow to the offense, which has um, been been pretty reliant on his production for the first you know five months of the season. So um, the first couple of games without him have have gone relatively well. Uh, there's been other players on the roster that have um, kind of been able to pick up some of the slack so far. So hopefully there will be uh, enough depth and good depth to continue to uh, sort of overcome that that major absence. But um, at least in in the back of our minds, we know that. Uh, it sounds like this injury could have been a whole lot worse. Um, there were some projections that, you know, depending on whether or not he would need surgery, it could be up to a six to eight month recovery time, something crazy like that. Um, but they just came out and said earlier today that he's not going to need surgery. So, um, you know, fingers crossed, if the Brewers were to make it to the World Series, uh, we would be kind of pretty close to that time frame where, where Yelich would be able to uh, be ready to return. So... Um, you know, like I said, we'll we'll have to keep our fingers crossed for, for that sort of best case scenario to play out. For anyone who maybe has been living under a rock or like out of the country or something for the last few days, he <laughs> fouled a pitch off his knee. Um, and that's what we're talking about. So if you're unsure of the Yelich injury and you're thinking, what? What happened to Christian Yelich? You're like two people that don't know this story. But that's what happened. Fracture in his kneecap out um, for a, a good amount of time. But like, Kyle said, not as long as everyone feared. And just to put this in perspective, um, my buddy Brad actually just shared this on Twitter. If you open the MLB at bat app and look at the stats <laughs> leaders for the Brewers, like just keep scrolling. It's all Christian Yelich. He leads like every offensive category that exists. That's 
what they're having to try to replace. That's why it's such a big deal, right? Not just because he's a an entertaining guy, but right. because like that is a massive part of their offensive production that all of a sudden a team that's kind of scraped and clawed to put themselves in a postseason contender spot now has to figure out how to replace. I mean, you can't replace Christian Yelich, but what what do you think they do to try to recover some of that offense? Um, well, I guess in, in terms of this injury happening and, and when it's happening, um, it could be a little bit worse um, in the timing of uh, at least some of the other guys that are that are coming back at this sort of same time. Um, Mike Moustakis was just severely limited for the last two to three weeks uh, with an injury to his left wrist after he um, was hit by a batted ball during a, a game um, in the end of August. So he missed um, almost two full weeks worth of starts, although he was still kind of sitting on the bench and had a couple of pinch hit at bats and stuff like that. Um, but then in his first game back in the lineup yesterday on his birthday, actually, he goes out and hits a couple of home runs. And um, the guy who is going to be kind of taking over uh, in right field for the most part for, for Yelich is uh, rookie Trent Grisham, who was uh, Milwaukee's minor league player of the year this year, according to Baseball America. And um, he hit a home run to lead off the game yesterday. And um, in today's game, uh, Ryan Braun had a home run, and um, they've been getting a lot of contributions lately from um, guys like Yasmani Grandal, who just set the franchise record for most home runs by a catcher in a single season. Huge um, pickup. I mean, yeah. we talked about that only for, when, we talk, when we talked the first time this year, that that could be a huge pickup. And it really yeah. has been. And it really, he, he's just been tremendous yeah. for the team. Uh, made the all-star team, obviously, this year. Um, like I said, set the franchise record for most home runs by a catcher. Uh, he's batted leadoff at, at times this year. Um, he's going to become one of the two or three guys in franchise history to draw 100 walks in a single season. Um, and then, obviously, what he provides on defense, uh, especially with the pitch framing, um, it, it's just been incredibly valuable for the Brewers this year. And I, I certainly hope that they're going to make a concerted, concerted effort this offseason to try and retain him. You mentioned Mike Moustak is coming back. The I feel like the the revolving door to the injured list and back has just been insane. I mean, every team deals with injuries, right? But if you start going down the list for the Brewers this year, has anyone not been injured at this point? Right. <laughs> Yeah, they, um, they're just kind of getting back. Uh, Keston Hira right now, um, they just activated him uh, yesterday. He didn't play at all during the Miami series, um, but it sounds like he'll be able to be available off the bench um, later uh, during the St. Louis series. Um, Ryan Braun's missed some time. Lorenzo Cain's missed some time and just hasn't really been himself at the plate this year. Um, backup catcher Manny Pena is kind of dealing with some concussion issues right now. Uh, it's just, you know, kind of been a, a walking wounded for the team throughout the year. And then, you know, we've dealt with guys like Travis Shaw, basically just com completely cratered, uh, in terms of his offensive production. Jesus Aguilar was, was kind of down in the tubes before they, they traded him at the trade deadline. And it, it's just been like, like a lot of the guys that the Brewers have counted on, um, to be major offensive producers for them for the last few years, just, just weren't there this year. And, and really when you look at the struggles that they've had on offense and then, you know, guys like, uh, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta failing out of the rotation and, um, designating Yuli Shasin, the opening day starter for assignment, losing Corey Knable even before the year started, Jeremy Jeffress, um, went on the injured list and eventually was designated for assignment and, and let go. Uh, 
it's really kind of incredible to see how they've they've pulled through to this point and now they're 10 games over 500 and and tied for the second wild card slot and i guess you know all things considered uh things could be things could be a lot worse for this team the way that everything has sort of played out this year so uh, I, I would say a lot of credit goes to um craig council for the way that he's that he's handled the roster and all these uh, difficult issues throughout the season in order to kind of put continue to put guys in, in the spots that they need to be in in order to succeed. It's absolutely insane to me listening to that because, I mean, you're talking about, like, if you put on paper at the beginning of the year the guys that you expect to be the reason this team's in postseason contention, it's like all the guys you just listed, right? You're not talking right. about these minor league guys that have come up and made a difference or made an impact or, or guys brought over in a trade or brought back in a trade or whatever it is. Like, I mean, it's it's fascinating to me to watch the way that this team operates because for, for so many years, the Cardinals have been the team that has this death grip on guys like Yuli Shasin or right. Jeremy Jeffress that they're just like, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to help him figure it out. We're not going to let this go. And the Brewers have just kind of been like... We tried. It's not working. We have to move mm-hmm. on. And it, it's fascinating to me to watch the way that they're willing to kind of make some of those moves, even when it's tough to do. And there are guys that, you know, have great stories and, and histories and great moments with this team. And they've proven that again this year with some of those guys. Every time I, I see something about this, I'm like, I'm sorry, they did what? <laughs> Who? Are, are we Are we sure? <laughs> right. Uh, the, the word that... Um... Mark Antanasio, the the owner, has used to describe David Stearns as far as all his roster moves is um, agnostic. Yeah. Uh, he he's somebody who um, doesn't really seem to have kind of any emotional attachments to to any sort of players, and and um, it, he's he's willing to make those difficult moves uh, w- when it becomes apparent that they're that they're necessary, and you know. It'd be great if if Jeremy Jeffers was still here and they were kind of giving him a shot to figure things out down the stretch in September and in some maybe non-important innings to figure out if they wanted to bring him back next year or something like that. But, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, um, they didn't think he was going to be a contributor down the stretch and and they just needed a 40-man roster spot and they they felt that it was was more compelling to be able to to bring somebody up like a Devin Williams or, or uh, another rookie like that, rather than than continue to uh, try and let these guys work through it. So um, da- David Stern's roster building philosophy ha- has been more than just building a 25-man roster for the last few years. It's been building a 40-man roster where you know one through 40, any one of those guys can can end up playing a role at any given point in the season. And you know, actually, right now, uh, every single active player on the 40-man roster for the Brewers, with the exception of one pitching prospect, uh, Trey Supak, who will only pitch in AAA this year. Uh, all those guys are, are in Milwaukee and um, ready to contribute in, in some capacity if called upon. So um, I, I certainly give credit to David Stearns for recognizing that when you're in a market like Milwaukee, um, th- this is kind of how you need to build a roster and you need to uh, be able to insulate yourself from you know, dealing with all these different kind of injuries and all this sort of stuff that may pop up. And, you know, like we've kind of said, I don't think anybody could have could have foreseen what was going to happen specifically this season. Um, but, you know, it's been really incredible to watch to see how, how they've dealt with all this adversity and how they continue to push forward. At one point, I sarcastically tweeted that the Brewers had like one and a half starting pitchers. Um, <laughs> I made a lot of Brewer fans mad when I said that. But it was almost true. 
now as I look down this pitching staff, I mean, I, I had to go look. Like, who do I actually know that's on this roster right. right now? Because it feels like every time I look, it's a handful of different guys. So as you look at this series in St. Louis, that is now a really important series for both of these teams with division and wildcard positioning at, at, at risk here for both teams. Um, what do you make of the pitching staff in the absence of some of those key guys that, that everyone thought were going to be contributors and who's stepped up the most for this club right now? Um, I would say at least so far in the second half, the, the guys that have really stepped up as far as the starting rotation has been, have been um, Adrian Hauser and uh, Jordan Lyles. Um, Hauser was one and two of the series, by yeah. the way, Cardinals fans. <laughs> uh, Hauser was uh, uh, kind of the the last man in the in the Josh or the Carlos Gomez Josh Hader uh, that trade with Houston back in in 2015. He was considered like the fourth piece coming back to Milwaukee and um, missed some development time shortly after he arrived in the organization with Tommy John surgery and uh, was kind of an up and down arm for the team last year and. Um, was looked mostly in relief, and then you know they they kind of assumed that he was going to be in a similar role uh, when this season started, and then obviously we had you know injuries and attrition that was at an unforeseen level, and uh, he was I guess sort of starter number seven, starter number eight when the season began, and um, now he he's somebody that you know is is probably we're talking about maybe getting a wild card starter, a game one starter, or something like that, uh, especially here in in the second half. Um, he, he's just been been really great, and uh, he, he's a guy who is um, is able to attack batters with with four different pitches. Uh, he goes fastball, sinker, uh, curveball, slider, and he also will mix a changeup in there. Um, he's got a, a 3.25 ERA in the second half um, in uh, 52 innings, dating back to the All Star break, and he, he's just been incredibly solid every time out there, and has provided a lot of stability for the Brewers when, um, uh, especially before the trade deadline, before they kind of settled things in and, and the return of Gio Gonzalez. He, he was kind of that guy, that steady guy that you knew every every fifth day was going to go out and at least give you five or six good innings, and he continues to be that guy for the team down the stretch. Um, and then Jordan Lyles is, is somebody who, you know, the Brewers could have had at the start of this year if they would have picked up his $3.25 million option at the end of last season, but... Um, they bought him out. They let him walk in free agency, signed a, a pretty inexpensive deal with the Pirates, um, was great for the first couple of months of the season, got hurt, came back, was really bad. And they picked him up for, you know, a, a rule five eligible reliever and uh, in, in a move that most people around here were were kind of scratching their head like this is the guy that we're going to go and add <laughs> to the starting rotation. Um, but it, it's just been it's been almost incredible to watch him pitch. Uh, I, I kind of looked at him as, as a, a potential breakout candidate for the Brewers last year based on what he did down the stretch. Um, but, I mean, I, I never would have fathomed that they pick him up in the middle of this season and all of a sudden he's got a 250 ERA through his first eight starts with the team. And, uh, you know, maybe his peripherals don't, don't exactly line up with um, that specific level of run prevention. Um but you know, when when you're looking at a smaller sample, and when you're talking about a hot pitcher and and a small sample of the season left, um, whether or not something is sustainable, I guess, is maybe not 
exactly the top priority right now. You're you're just looking to see who who you can who you can throw out there and who can go and uh, and put up some zeros for you. And and Jordan Lyles has certainly done that um, very well for the team for for uh, the last couple of months here. So um, those will be uh, those will be some formidable opponents for the the Cardinals to have to face in the first two games of the series. I think for sure. Chase Anderson will get the third game against Michael Waka. The first two starts for the Cardinals will be Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty. And I have to ask you about Jack Flaherty because, I mean, this is a kid that everyone who's watched the Cardinals has seen what he's done in the second half. But I'm always curious what the perspective is from people outside the little Cardinals bubble on a guy like Jack Flaherty this year. It was Carlos Martinez in years past, but what he's done in the second half. Um, You know, I, I, I don't watch Cardinals baseball extremely closely, but uh, Jack Flaherty is certainly somebody that um, is somebody that I, I've seen a lot of stuff about. Um, what has he given up like two or three earned <laughs> yeah. runs since the start of June yeah. or something crazy like that? Um, I, I mean, the guy was was always somebody who we've talked about for the last few years as having all this potential and all this kind of stuff. And and not that he hasn't hasn't been good. He's he's obviously been been pretty good uh, since he since he came up for the Cardinals. But it just seems like he's really taken that next step and sort of um, ascended to that next level for St. Louis and and looks like maybe he's going to be that next homegrown ace that that the Cardinals always seem to kind of pull out of their back pockets. So uh, certainly a, a win for St. Louis's player development on that one for sure. Yeah, and it's been an interesting year for him because he really started the year almost even like taking a step back from where he left off last season in that, you know, it always seemed like he was just throwing too many pitches and he'd get into trouble in like the fourth inning and give up four runs and then he'd be at 100 plus pitches through five. And that was kind of the MO for Jack Flaherty. And, you know, you looked if you look at the the pitchers that the Cardinals had this year, they all kind of were like that. Nobody was mm-hmm. that guy that was going to get them deep into games. And they sort of created a bullpen from the back <laughs> to the front. <laughs> similar like like a like a way lesser version of what the brewers have done um so they were able to kind of absorb some of those missing innings in the middle but they didn't have that one guy that you could be like okay now go out and get a seven innings so we can reset mm-hmm. everything in the bullpen all of a sudden in the second half jack flaherty has become that guy and then some and it's Man, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think in many respects we're all kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop just because he <laughs> hasn't been this guy consistently in the couple of years of his major league career. But um, it's fun to watch at the moment. We all have seen him carry no hitters pretty deep into games in the last mm-hmm. you know handful of starts. So whatever happened at the All Star break, and it was actually just a little before. Uh, before the All-Star break with Jack Flaherty. It's been exciting. Adam Wainwright has been interesting to watch as kind of the bookend of the rotation as the guy that's the old guy that used to be sure. the ace, and now you're like, I don't know. But um, <laughs> he actually, I was talking about this the other day, he's uh, three starts away from maxing out um, the incentives on his really heavily incentive-laden contract that he signed. So he's put nice. together a pretty good, good year for him, for him as well. I I... I don't think he would ever admit it, but I think that secretly he's probably a little surprised by that too, <laughs> just because of how his last couple of years went. He wasn't really sure what um, what he was going to have left in the tank. So this is going to be an right. interesting series. If there were if there were one or two guys that you think are going to be the key to a successful series in St. Louis for the Brewers, who would they be? Um, I think in the. Um... In the lineup, uh, it's going to come down to what um, what 
Trent Grisham can do. Uh, I think he's probably going to get a lot of playing time in the series and it's potential that um, we're going to see him batting at leadoff. That seems to be where Craig Council likes to uh, put him when he's in the lineup. So um, like I said, Grisham is the guy that's kind of taking over, going to be taking over in right field on most days for Christian Yelich. Um, so if he can kind of at least be sort of a, an on-base catalyst or, or something at the top of the lineup and and give uh, opportunities for guys like Grandal and Mike Moustakis and Ryan Braun and Eric Thames behind him, um, hopefully the team can can continue to kind of um, scratch together some runs and, and put up some offense as they have over the last couple of weeks. Um but uh, beyond that, in in the bullpen, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see a lot of innings eaten up by the bullpen. I don't I don't know that the Brewers have had anybody go past five innings in any of their starts in the last week, and um, I, I would expect that to continue. So uh, we probably could see. Um, uh, Actually, you know, we, we could probably see a heavy dose of uh, somebody like Junior Guerra in this series uh, after Josh Hader has pitched the last two days in a row. He doesn't figure to be available tomorrow. Um, we could see somebody like Drew Pomerantz uh, has, has sort of moved into that backup closer role. Um, so he's somebody who could also be featured heavily uh, uh, in this series coming up. Um, and then somebody else to, to maybe kind of keep an eye on is Brent Suter, who has... Um, uh, he just recently returned from Tommy John surgery. He actually came back within like 13 months, which is which is pretty quick for somebody to come back from a surgery like that. And um, so far, he's pitched in four games. He's he's thrown nine and a third innings, and he's only given up a single run so far. So he's um, been putting together some pretty excellent outings, uh, sort of in those middle innings when a starter only goes four innings. Uh, he's the guy that'll lead up the fifth inning, the sixth inning, maybe the seventh inning for you. Um, so, so guys like that and guys like Junior Guerra, those, those are, um, sort of the guys that are going to be pretty valuable for the team, uh, in, in this series, because like I said, um, it seems like Craig Council is, is going maybe 12, maybe 15 outs at the most for his starting pitchers and, and then kind of turning things over to the bullpen from there. So, um, I, I think we'll see a, a pretty heavy dose of, um, relief pitching from Milwaukee in this series, you know, which is, uh, about par for the course, especially in September for Craig Council. We've seen that before, and they've made it work pretty effectively. Last question for you. When you look at the mess of the NL Central and what it has been over the course of this season, not exactly as we expected it, not quite. I mean, we expected it to be close, but not the way that it has been. So what do you make of the these top three teams and, and where they stand going into this last stretch? I mean, the Brewers have a, a fairly easy schedule down the stretch. The Cardinals play all winning teams from here on out. It gets a little complicated. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when we, when we talked at the beginning of the season, we, we kind of agreed that it was going to come down to these three teams at the end of the year. Um, they were all going to sort of be fighting for that, for that first place spot. And, um, you know, the, the Cardinals seem to have gotten hot at the right time and they kind of took advantage of, um, uh, a down period for the Brewers and for the Cubs and, uh, gave themselves a little bit of a cushion. So, um, I would imagine that that you guys in St. Louis have got to be feeling pretty safe with a with a four game lead with only about two and a half weeks left We've of baseball worth to play. <laughs> um, right, right, for sure. Um, but you know, it, it certainly could be worse. Um, and you know, for the last few weeks, it's been well. If the if the Brewers want to make the playoffs, they need to get to 88 wins, and they need to play at you know this. X, Y, and Z uh, um, a pace, and they need the Cubs to lose X, Y, and Z games and all this. And well, now now we're at the point where they drew even with the Cubs, and now all they got to do is kind of remain even with the Cubs or, or beat them by a game. And then, you know, then they're looking at 
get sewing up that playoff berth. So, you know, it's been it's been close all year. It's been hard fought all year. Um, we kind of figured that it was going to come down to these last few weeks, and and that's you know what's happening, I guess. Um, thought maybe that uh, this division would be a little bit more competitive in terms of what the Reds and the Pirates were were going to be able to do this season. Um, but you know we we have kind of seen all these teams beat up on each other throughout the course of the year. Um, and it'll it'll certainly be interesting to see how things play out for uh, the remainder of the season here for sure. Are you getting any uh, expert advice from your your partner in crime here? What does she think? I I am. She actually um, uh, feels very strongly that the Cubs are going to continue to blow it. She uh, she she seems doesn't smart. think that. Seems uh, smart. Yeah, she she doesn't think that the Cubs are are going to be able to hack it and and are going to fall <laughs> out of the race pretty soon. So. <laughs> let's uh let's hope she's right all right well i think we can agree on that for sure kyle thanks so much for a little bit more of your time it should be an exciting weekend to say the least i'm sure everyone can uh follow along on twitter make sure you're following kyle you're probably already following me but if you're not go ahead and do that and um we'll continue to have this conversation all weekend as the cubs do what they're gonna do and the cardinals and the brewers duke it out in st louis thanks so much kyle Absolutely. Always a pleasure to come on and and chat with you. Now, the Brewers were actually my pick to win the division again, but surviving all of the injuries that they have, that was certainly not part of my prediction. With the Cardinals holding the lead after losing the series, but winning the finale in Colorado, they come home to welcome in the Brewers, who have won seven straight to put themselves in a tie for second place in the division. So what do you think? How important is this series and who do you expect to play the biggest role for both the Cardinals and the Brewers? For the Cardinals, I feel like in many respects, all eyes are on Jack Flaherty. But on the offensive side of the ball, they kind of laid an egg in Colorado in at least the first two games, only scoring a run apiece. So to get things back on track, they scored a ton of runs, hit the ball all over the place at Coors, so there's an asterisk. But guys like Paul Goldschmidt still need to get it going. The biggest offensive piece of this puzzle for me, though, is Marcelo Zuna. Look at his numbers in the last month. Not too hot. And they need him to be the guy that has been a massive chunk of their offensive production all season through the end of the season. So Marcelo Zuna is a key for the Cardinals on offense. Jack Flaherty, of course, a key on the pitching side of things. And, well, you heard from Kyle to watch for the Brewers. Make sure you do watch it all. Follow me, follow Kyle, subscribe to this channel for more videos like this. I've got other series previews planned, so if you want to know about the Nationals, look out for that preview coming up soon as well. Until then, I'm Tara Wellman. I'll talk to you next time.